Welcome to Bow Talks, a podcast by Banking on Women, which is a student society at the University of Melbourne. We are dedicated to empowering, educating and encouraging our members in the financial and professional services industries. Bow would like to respectfully acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulon Nations, who are the traditional custodians of this land, on which we will be recording this podcast on. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to semester one 2024 of Bow Talks. We are so excited to be on board and we hope to dive into some engaging topics this year. My name is Joanne and I'm one of the co-podcast directors for this semester. Hi everyone, I'm Sue and I'm the other co-podcast director. For our very first episode, we'll be targeting the Big Bow application process. We have three of our lovely Bow members with us to share some of the application tips and tricks. As a disclaimer, this is not a guaranteeing correct way to approach the application. Our speaker will be speaking from their perspective and experiences. But first, let's get to know them a little better. Can you guys briefly introduce yourself, including your degree, role position, and your past internship experiences? My name is Janine, and I'm in my final year of a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in Finance and Accounting. I'm currently one of the co-presidents at Bow, and over the summer, I interned in the Financial Advisory Turnaround and Restructuring Team at Deloitte. Hi, my name is Prisha. I'm currently third year Bachelor of Commerce students, majoring in accounting and finance. And this semester, I am the vice president for Bo. And over the summer, I was fortunate enough to work at to intern at um, KPMG in their audit and insurance division. Hi everyone, my name is Idi. I'm in my final semester of my Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in finance and economics. I was the previous vice president of Bo. Uh, and I was lucky enough to intern at PwC, I think two years ago, so it's been a while, um, in the financial advisory team and tax. Great. Thank you all for those introductions. At this point, I'm sure you guys have plenty of experiences about the whole application process. Let's just kick into the questions. Starting off with the initial process of application, which is creating your CV and resume. We might ask Janine and Prisha here. What are the key elements of a CV or resume that applicants should include? So firstly, you should probably keep your resume to about a page with your name at the top and perhaps your phone number and email address. Then I'd probably skip the professional summary unless you really want to put one in, but I don't think it adds too much value to it. And then underneath education, as we're all still university students and probably won't have a ton of work experience. Yeah, totally agree. But even like also two pages, that's probably the maximum you want you want to keep your resume to because they because the recruiters don't really want to read pages and pages of resumes since yeah. they already have so many applicants. But also work experience and if you don't even have work experience, like volunteering, that also goes a long way, shows that you're willing to um, go beyond work in another like setting, also it also shows that you're a collaborator and you like working in teams. And mainly this is really desirable for um, companies such as the big, fours, big, big Four because I don't think you'll be working alone as much, especially in the auto and insurance team, since the teams can range from working with three people to like 20 people. So you just want to really convey that you're a team player, you like working in teams. So yeah, volunteering can go a long way, but also like student societies, great. Being in student societies shows that you're really passionate about the financial services industry, but also um, 
any industry basically and it shows that you're really committed you're dedicated and yeah that is one of also the main reasons why I joined Bo just to firstly get that experience and get that insight from other students in the committee um, about their work experiences but also work in a very dynamic passionate team and group of girls who are really who want to set foot in this very competitive male-dominated industry. And back to work experience, it doesn't have to be relevant to the role you're applying for, so even retail, they're more than happy to see that in your resume because it shows that you work in a team. And just to add on here, under each experience, like work experience or anything you've done at uni, you can write a little blurb underneath it and tailor that to a skill or value or trait that the company is looking for. For example, um, if you've done anything in a team, you can write a little blurb about how you worked in team and got really good feedback, um, and that shows that you're very collaborative. Amazing tips here, guys. Now that we've covered the basic structure, are there any common mistakes or elements that applicants should avoid or including in their CV or resume? Definitely make sure there are no grammar or spelling mistakes in your resume. You've had ages to prepare it, so definitely make sure that you've checked for any errors that may appear. And also just check your resume before submitting it to make sure all the formatting is correct. Yeah, I think attention to detail is really important here. You can show off your attention to detail, basically. So don't have anything in a different font. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. Also, probably just keep it to, like, black and white font. Don't make it that (laughs) colourful because, yeah. Yeah, because I know that there are, like, definitely a lot of templates when you do a Google image search with all these fancy um, covers as well as, like, having your photo there and stuff. But I think, like, keeping it black and white and just, like, you know, a pretty standard structure and everything. Yeah, the more simple, the better. I actually wouldn't recommend using one of those, like, Canva resume templates maybe just go for like a I don't know just google like investment banking resume template and go for that so that now that we know about what we should avoid is there any tips on like how to highlight your resume among your peers you could definitely quantify your achievements so having like percentages in there like increasing efficiency by x percentage I know it sounds cliche but I think it actually it really helps you stand out because you, yeah, you're able to kind of show the effect of your work. Yeah. In what team you want to apply or like whatever um, division or firm you want to apply to, read, read the website first and read what's expected of their employees and tailor, don't tailor it too much, but tailor, tailor your resume to those expectations. So basically using those keywords such as collaborating or collaborated with XX number of students or improved efficiency as what ID said by XX percentage or something in the lines of that. Yeah, on that note, I do feel like resumes should be distributed to be able to be distributed to any firm without having to tailor it. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know, just because I'm a bit lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of times a lot of companies are looking for a lot of the same similar values. They'll have like teamwork, collaboration, you know, resilience, stuff like that. And like, it's relatively easy to try and have your resume to have a few of those keywords. Yeah, some great insights here. So now we're moving on to the second part of the initial application process, which is the cover letter. I think we should start with the big question here of should you include a cover letter? Okay, so I would recommend, even if the firm doesn't say you have to include a cover letter, just include it, just because sometimes you might be what they call like an edge applicant, so they don't know if they're kind of like stuck in the middle between you and another applicant. If you have a cover letter and the other applicant doesn't have a cover letter, um, they're probably going to, it's probably going to give you an advantage over the other, other applicant, but don't include a cover letter if it's not well written. Definitely. Good that we reached a consensus there. So now on to, so what do you think is the general format of a cover letter and how should applicants structure their content? Okay, so contrary to what I said for the CV, definitely tailor the cover letter to every firm. I would start off with a little blurb on, you know, what you're applying for, introduce yourself, your year level, your majors, and why you believe you stand out as an applicant. Um, then you'd follow with either why the company or why the industry. So list out your past experiences and why they're relevant, what you learned from those experiences, and then tailor it to what the company wants or needs. Um, and that's the same for whether it's the industry paragraph or the company paragraph. Uh, and then probably add a paragraph on like why you stand out or a particular passion you have or a particular element of the company that attracts you or stands out to you. That could be about diversity or about any one of their initiatives that they have right now. Um, and then also list out, you know, why you're passionate about that. Yeah, I think that's really good there. I think it's mainly just like showing that you've actually looked into the company and you know what they're doing and like what they're trying to achieve and um, yeah. expand or why you want to join and everything like that. I think company really loves it when they like when you incorporate their values into your cover letter and like why it align mm-hmm. with you, like what you feel, the way that they do. And it shows that you've researched the company as well. Amazing strategies. Now that we've gone through the first part of the application process, let's move on to the second stage. I'm aware that each big four has their own different online testing platforms. Can you tell us about your experience from these online tests and how you went about to preparing for them? So after the initial application process, I had to do a psychometric test. I didn't really prepare for this. It's kind of impossible to guess what kind of questions they ask in these tests and they, they definitely vary between firms. I don't particularly recommend buying practice questions. Um, I think perhaps maybe brush up on your basic maths if you're a bit rusty in that area. Sometimes they ask like basic percentage questions or probability questions. But apart from that, it's mostly common sense. I don't really remember too much because it's been a while since I've done all these. But I would say a lot of the questions you can probably Google past examinations online to get a gist of like what they look like and a format of them 
so that you don't freak out during the exam itself. There's, yeah. al- there's also like lots of practice um, psychometric testing which you can do. Yeah. But mainly these are like games. So or make sure you're not tired. Make sure you're fresh because these are really... Um, they're also really time constrained. So for example, in one minute, you have to calculate as many as, as many um, equations as possible. So make sure you know you're not doing it at 12 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had fun <laughs> doing, doing the psychometric testing. So yeah, as long as you like, don't feel that much stressed as well because even I think the recruiters also know that these games are very arbitrary. They definitely like oh, yeah. weigh up your initial application yeah. as well as your psychometric testing. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to reject you purely because your psychometric test results yeah. were bad. Yeah. I think no, I think it's just like if your resume is not as strong, a really good psychometric mm-hmm. test score will make up for it and compensate for it. Yeah. Now continuing on to the second part, which um is the online video interviews. I know that whilst companies may use different platforms, the overall experience are likely to be very similar. So can you guys tell us a bit about what typically happens during a video interview and how you went about preparing for this? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure for most of these companies, there's definitely a few generic questions, um, like, you know, why you want to apply for this firm, maybe a little self-introduction, uh, time that you've had to work in a team, etc. Um, so I think you could definitely have like an Excel sheet with possible questions and just practice for them before the video interview. Um, I think it varies, like the format varies for different firms. Because I remember for PwC, we actually had unlimited goes at the video interview questions. So that was really helpful. So, But I don't think that's the case for every firm. Yeah, that definitely wasn't the case at Deloitte. I think we only had two goes before submitting. Um, I think my main advice would be just to treat it like an actual face-to-face interview and prepare for it just like you would for if you had to go to one in person. Um, just prepare basic motivational and behavioural style questions. And I don't think KPMG even had a online <laughs> 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 video interview. But like but I did apply for other firms, like other big four firms in particular. And um yeah, the basically generic questions like um why are you interested in accounting or why are you interested in applying to Deloitte or KPMG? Tell me about a time where you made a mistake and how you recovered or yeah they prepared for some really um Mm -hmm. out of the blue questions as well for example once I got asked this was not from Deloitte by the way but I got asked if I were to be an animal what would I be and why and I think that's more just testing like how you deal under pressure because they know you probably would have prepared for the other kinds of questions so just seeing what you can come up with on the spot yeah I think also just be as bubbly as you can be mm-hmm. yeah. um show off your personality if you want to yeah and following on what id said just don't oh. make it sound too scripted or like very robotic make sure you yeah definitely <laughs> smile yeah and definitely yeah. smile use hand gestures, gestures as well yeah and look presentable you don't have to come in a suit but 
definitely like have your hair washed don't have your you know bedroom yeah. posters and everything <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Clear everything up and keep eye contact with the monitor yeah. or like the camera because i can yeah. find it a little bit hard like at the first in the beginning mm. maybe practice a bit for that as well maybe yeah always yeah. seems a bit awkward when you're staring at your screen <laughs> camera and like yeah. saying stuff to it but like i guess just treat it definitely as you would for like an actual face-to-face -face interview Excellent insights for the video interview, guys, and congratulations to our listeners who made it up to this stage. There's only one last hurdle to overcome, that is the in-person interviews, which usually consists of the case study and one-on-one -on -one interview. Starting off with the case study, we'll pass the first question to Prisha. What does a case study interview involve and how should applicants initially approach the case presented to them? So. In the big four in particular, a case study interview is done before the actual interview. So basically, you are working in teams of three to five people even, and you've been given a scenario or a topic, and within like 10, 15, 20 minutes, you're supposed to present it to, um, to like a manager or to someone who's working at that firm. In particular, for these case interviews, I feel like the recruiters want to know if you're a team player, if you're a collaborator, if you're easy to work with, but also tips for these interviews or these case studies are don't sound too dominating. Don't sound that you know it all and you basically ask for input from the other team members. Make like ask them, for example, I've got this, 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 what do you think? Or like what's your perspective on this idea and I feel like that really helps because you're asking for their input and asking for their opinion on your ideas which shows that basically you're a team player are you willing to take on other people's opinions and use it to mold your perspective on how to approach this case study another thing which is very useful is like the little things like minute taking or taking notes I feel like that also goes a long way I think if you do end up being a note taker just be aware that it'd be a bit more difficult to like actually have some input into the general discussion yeah definitely trying to balance how much input I remember during one of my case studies like there was this just this one person that was just going on and on and like the assessors really aren't looking for like how smart you are or like how logical your response is. They're looking for that collaboration element. And it's okay if it's like wrong. I don't think there's like a fear of getting it right or wrong. I think it's mainly for the recruiters to see that you're able to work in a team because generally in the big four, as I said, when I was working in external audit, you're basically working in teams with at least five people. Those are really good tips to showcase your ability to effectively work within the team. Because as Prisha said, the interviewers will be mainly looking for teamwork during the case study. Now that we're done with the preparation and brainstorming process of the case study, do you guys have any tips for presenting a case solution confidently and persuasively? That's a very good question, Sue. <laughs> Let me think about that one. Um. I think you can have a general structure for delivering your conclusion each time so that's really up to you but you could probably just state outright your 
conclusion what you've come to first and then kind of maybe add on a few points saying why and then consider other risks and mitigations showing that you can also think outside of the box. Also to add on if you're presenting as a group I think they like it when you show initiative and offer to present first because that's what I did in my group case study (laughs) and in my feedback they really liked the initiative I showed so definitely offer to present first. Yep, and I think sometimes I remember what worked well in one of my case studies was like we took like a minute at the end to just to organise who's saying what to make sure the whole presentation flows really smoothly and make sure everyone has like an equal amount of turns speaking and everything and like I feel as if sometimes with case studies they're not looking at like what exactly your answer is as long as you have sufficient like evidence or like your thoughts that are backing it up like a lot of the times there is no correct answer I think one of my case studies they were trying to asking oh if you had x amount of money like which out of the four firms would you invest in and like you know there's no correct answer you can choose one you can choose all of them Um, it really just depends on what you're saying to back that up. Just to add on I think one of the major tips which I can give is sound more confident yeah sounding confident was one of i think one of the feedbacks which i got from one of the case studies which i did now um i know that upon completion of the case study usually the applicants will be directed to like a separate room or like a breakout room if it's over zoom immediately for the one-on-one part of the interview now are you able to walk us through so what can applicants expect from the tech and behavioural one-on-one interviews? For big four roles, there are not so many technical interview questions. <clears throat> um, some of the common ones, if you do get asked, would probably be, for example, like listing valuation methods if you're going for a finance role or for an accounting role, like talking about the financial statements and how they're linked together. Um, I know for some of the finance roles, they also ask um, about a recent deal that you're interested in. For behavioural interviews, it's always just your typical tell me about a time you worked in a team or when you made a mistake. So definitely to practice for that, use the STAR method, which is situation, task, action and result. If you use that method, you'll definitely be able to answer the question well and specific to the example you give. It also shows that the answer is structured and you've actually given thought about it? Yeah, I think always come in prepared with an elevator pitch about yourself. Mm-hmm. So having that like story with your background, what you study, your past experiences, and how that led you to apply for this spe- specific team and how that kind of shows your passion for what you want to do. There's definitely always, like, you know, a few questions that you can, like, 100% prepare for and, like, practice it so that when you're coming in, you're starting off on a really strong note, you're sounding really confident because you know what you're saying. Um, Any small tips regarding specifically targeting those, like, behavioural questions? How did you guys go about preparing for those? Definitely thought of a few examples that could apply to different areas. So, for example, like, being in the committee or bow, you can talk about working in a team and leadership And you can also talk about perhaps any conflict you had when discussing ideas or making decisions about the club. Um, So definitely coming up with a few examples because it's kind of impossible to guess all the different questions that the interviewer may ask you. So by having examples, you may not necessarily have a response for each 
question that they ask you prepared word for word but you have an idea of what you're going to say and it'll definitely make it sound a lot more conversational as well yeah that was definitely something i used as well having like these small stories that you can always refer to and like Mm. mold any sort of Mm. um answer to those really definitely helps at this point in time definitely look through your resume and because you know that's where all your experiences and stuff are listed and speaking of resume the questions which the interviewer is going to ask are basically from your resume so make sure you know your resume inside and out and also make it conversational don't make it really just question answer question answer because the interviewers are basically interviewing at least i don't know like 20 applicants a day so you don't want you want to make the interview kind of like interesting also don't make your answers sound so monotone or like you've prepared it beforehand but in saying that prepare (laughs) but don't make it sound like you memorized yeah you memorized it yeah yeah i think janine mentioned something called the star structure before then and i think that's definitely something that's really important for big four interviews because they look for that a lot during your um, responses so maybe go a bit more into detail about what exactly is the star structure and like how you go about structuring your answer yeah so you would start with the situation um kind of giving background to what happened uh and then with the task you could give a bit more context and also list out the complications and challenges that uh arose and then with action you show what you did to overcome those challenges and here you can really show that you took initiative and you were the one to suggest uh taking actions and taking steps to resolving the complications uh, and then r would be the results so list out your achievements and Usually you want to make it a positive result and even if it's not a positive outcome and you can kind of say what you learned uh, and what you would do the next time around. Yeah, that's definitely a really good way to approach all your behavioural questions there. Now that we've gone through a lot of things that you should be covering, are there anything that you should avoid saying or like even doing during these interviews? Don't be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just don't say anything like super out there anything political just remember it's a professional environment another tip would be to be confident but not to be arrogant so for example if they ask you to tell them about a time you made a mistake don't say you've never made a mistake everyone's (laughs) made mistakes so definitely think of responses for those kinds of questions and add a positive spin to it at the end Also, don't make any of your weaknesses something that might be a deal-breaker to the role. So if they require someone to be good at communicating, you wouldn't say anything that suggests that you have a weakness in communication. So also don't say anything that contradicts itself. Like, if you say your strength is, like, communication, don't say anything that counters that. Like, oh, this one time I had trouble, like, talking to my professor or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really goes back to, like, you know, don't go around making up stories or anything like that because that's a really easy way to, like, end up contradicting yourself. I'm sure everyone has multiple experiences that they can bring up. Like, even if it's not significant, you can always be talking about it. So just don't go around making up a lot of (laughs) random stuff. Like, the specific situation that you encounter, like, how you overcome it, have a list of things that then cater around. That might suit the question. Okay, now that everyone's familiar with the general application process, Do you guys have any final tips or advice for the applicants? 
I think, yeah, just um, remember that as soon as you meet an interviewer, they're probably making judgments of you. And it's not something to be afraid of, but just be as likable as possible. I really agree with that. Being friendly and taking initiative could gain some brownie points with your interviewer. And most of the time, they're looking whether your personality fits with the group or the team that you're going to work with. So those are some really great insights, AID. Moving on, are there any tips or resources that you would recommend to prepare for the interview process? Um, there's a university tool called Smart Resume. So you can submit your resume and you get feedback pretty much immediately. So definitely make use of it. I think they give you a score out of 100 and if you're in the green zone, then you're doing well. So definitely take on the feedback they give you and make sure your resume is in that green zone. I would also recommend joining the Fremantee program. I think we have a few past Fremantees here. So during my second semester, I was a mentee in the Boldwood Bow Mentorship Program. And up to that stage, I don't think I'd made a resume before. So I had no clue about what a resume, I, I knew what a resume was, but like how to structure the resume. And so my mentor was so helpful that she gave me her um, resume and I basically structured something in a similar format to hers. It was way more structured. I got so many tips, such as using those action words, quantifying as many dot points as possible, and including, you know, as what we said earlier, volunteering, your extracurricular sports. Yeah, and she also gave me tips about writing cover letter. For me, cover letters were really intimidating because I'm not much of an essay person. <laughs> and so I learned a lot from her in terms of the initial CV and cover letter stage. Yeah, I think it just really helps in general, just like having someone there that's already gone through the whole process. They'll give you lots of little insights along the way. And sometimes a lot of that you won't be able to find on Google or anything like that. So like definitely try reaching out to some of the people, join our mentorship program. It's definitely a really good way to meet people. Join our very committee as well. Exactly, it's a really <laughs> great way to get insights. Also another thing I feel as if is definitely join events as well networking events that's a really good way to like actually get to meet people and I feel as if a lot of the times when you've actually met someone from the company and they talk about their experiences that's always something that you can add into the cover letter so it shows that you've actually really shown initiative to like get to know the firm and stuff and who knows they could also be your interviewer reach out to them later yeah. on ask them for references I think my final tip would be just to apply to as many uh, teams and firms that you can because at the end of the day, even if you don't get into the firm, it's definitely a great learning experience and that's one of my regrets is not applying to more firms. Yep, definitely some great tips here. Thank you guys so much for coming in today and sharing with us all your insights and experiences. I'm sure our listeners will learn a lot because I sure did. Um, a final good luck to everyone for the app approaching application season. And thank you for listening in to this week's episode. Remember to follow all our social media platforms to stay updated on the latest BOW events. Moving forward, new episodes will be released on Monday at 10 a.m. So tune in for the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of BOW Talks. Please do follow us on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Banking on Women. 
Thank you, everyone. Bye.